Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Welcome to Goalie Science, the podcast that bridges the gap between goaltending, science, and peak performance. I'm your host, Jamie Phillips, a former professional goalie, currently pursuing a doctorate in physical therapy and specializing in goalie performance coaching. Joining me as always is Dr. Ben Cernick, a seasoned goalie coach and sports analytics specialist. Whether you find yourself at home, on the road, or at the rink, grab a cup of your favorite beverage and let's drop the puck on this week's episode. Jamie, back. we're back. We are it's back. Another week, and in theory, we have things to talk about. We we would like to believe we have things to talk about. Uh, also, I need to apologize for last episode. I realized I did not edit the audio, so uh, I was at about two in the morning when our friend Derek, friend of the pod, Derek Rujan, texted me and said, "Why are you doing the podcast in the bathroom? Yeah, why are you underwater again? Yeah, why are you underwater?" That was my fault. Um, I was down for the count, very sick last weekend. Uh, I know a lot of people are getting sick. A lot of actually my goalies have missed and had to cancel their skates because they're sick. It's going around. So wash your hands, cough into your sleeves, that kind of stuff. But Ben, holiday season is coming up. Yes. So I'm curious what your opinion. So I've, I've been going back and forth with some parents and they've been kind of debating between should they take some time off? Should they just keep going full steam ahead? Just, you know, there's a couple of Christmas camps. I'm running a Christmas camp. You know, um, people have time off. You know, it's the holiday season. What are your thoughts around it? Uh, and then if then we're going to go with some suggestions on if you're just going full steam ahead, what should you do? And then if you're taking some time off, kind of what, what should your return back structure be like? So Ben, I'm going to kick you off. I'm going to lead you off here. Um, do you think there's any upside or downside to taking time off versus continuing staying the course, doing some camps, practice, goalie training throughout the Christmas holidays. I think it's like, I think this is going to be everyone's favorite answer, but I think it, it depends. I think it depends on it does the video. There we are First, what, how much, how long into the episode every year? <laughs> it depends. No, I think so. Like we run, we run a holiday camp. Uh, we run two different weeks of it actually. And I really love our holiday camp. Uh, we do like half day camps and, and like kind of, even like an extension, just like two hour skates as like an option. Mm-hmm. 
So we don't do you know like the four hours, nine hour camp sessions. Well, that's, and then before I'm gonna cut you right off like I usually do, but I, I think those nine hour camps and stuff are good. But like the amount of time, even the summer, like when you're spending like five, four or five hours on the ice a day, you know that's that's too much. You can be at the rink and have stuff like it's a full day camp. Like I like I even like sometimes I have, they're exhausting to run. Like, yeah, like I at the end of the week, I remember one time when Bouge and I ran a camp. We it was a five day or two ice sessions, so I think it was about like two hours, maybe three total on the ice a day. And I remember I said the quad, and him and I sat out on the bench outside the quad for three hours, just white, <laughs> just didn't leave, couldn't move. But like the, see, those, those ones are exhausting. But um, a lot of camps will have like many many hours on the ice. It's just that's just too much. But that was just my little caveat. But sorry, continue. No. <laughs> So we're talking about camps in uh, late to December and early January, not August, Jamie. Thanks I for joining know, I know, you know. Thanks for joining the podcast. Uh, so again, big asterisk. We run one, and I really like ours. So big fan of it. Uh, I think it's. I think it's fun. I think these holiday camps are like a really good opportunity for some goalies who don't who aren't able to get a lot of goalie training in during the season. So yeah, um, that's my number one piece. If you're a goaltender who, let's say, you play on a team, and unfortunately. Your team doesn't uh, allow you for goalie training, but your schedule is also really busy. So you don't have time for extra goalie training. Like that's a pretty common situation, right? Where it's like, okay, well, my team doesn't have a goalie coach. Uh, we don't bring in goalie coaches, but I'm also on the ice five hours a week and so are my brother and sister. And so where am I, like, when am I ever going to get to goalie training? Yeah. I know we have those conversations with parents all the time who are like, oh, we want to get some skates out, but like we just, when's the time? And so I find these little like holiday mini camps, I kind of call them because again, like they're half day or they're, you know, they're a couple hours on the ice. I find they can be a really good little tune up for minor goalies who just haven't had a chance to get on the ice a lot with a goalie coach. So a really condensed way to get kind of like the three or four big staples of, of reminders for coaching that you can drill back into the goalies, right? Even things like, okay we're cutting back through the crease when a pass goes laterally instead of coming over top of the crease, right? That's a big common thing for younger goalies. Making sure we're head checking and scanning the ice regularly, making sure we're making saves in front of our body instead of reaching sideways. All those things for younger goalies, which you can get away with in games and practices, especially when you're not doing goalie training, but are not ideal. They're not perfect. Mm. So for for the minor hockey goalies, I'm a huge, I'm a huge believer in these little tune-up camps uh, especially because again, one normally teams stop skating on like the twenty second, twenty fifth. Yeah. Depends on your team. Obviously, it's going to be that. And sometimes even earlier, right? But you might go like a week and a half for that would be hockey. And so, this is the reality for parents too, and the parents listening. But like, you got your kids at home for a couple of weeks. Uh, it will do us. We'll take them. Yeah, uh, we'll have, we'll have some fun. We'll talk. We'll and like at our camps, we do video sessions and stuff. Which I and you and I have talked about this a lot. We find just how helpful we believe how important that is for for goalies just to see things visually and to talk about hockey like how valuable younger goalies and actually goalies of any age is just talking about goaltending mm-hmm. is, is really improves understanding so my I, first I, yeah i'll just say my, my first summary is that for for those like for minor hockey goalies especially especially ones but this is for all of them i i think they're great i think they're a really nice option especially again they're not you know we're not on the ice for 12 hours a day we're not doing four hours of ice plus an hour of dry land, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, so I agree. I, I, you know, caveat too is I do run a holiday camp as well. 
Uh, I do it usually I do it two groups, like a, a younger younger group and an older group, and we're on the ice for about an hour and a half each day. And in this one, I'm going to add in a little bit of video work uh, as well. We'll probably more with the older kids, just because the younger kids we don't have to get into too much detail. Um, you, you know, the answer obviously is it depends. Now I love this time of year. Uh, this time in the off and the off season is great because all my goalies come back, and the ones that are playing college and junior they'll come back, and and some of them haven't played a lot of games. Um, so like for me, we're not I'm not talking about the minor hockey kids, or sometimes it is minor hockey kids, but they haven't played a lot of games or they've been dealing with different injuries. So this is a time where we can come like step back, um, get their game kind of like break any bad habits, get things back to where you want them to be, build some momentum. For a lot of my minor hockey goalies, there are some big, I mean, in Ontario, at least there's some big Christmas tournaments or holiday tournaments. Um, the Marley's tournament is one. Um, there's a couple other ones, but the Marley's one was always kind of like the, the biggest one. So like, Let's... yeah. And so if you're a goalie, especially if you're going into your U16 year or minor midget year, um, that's a big time. Like that's where, that's where that's to be talked about scouting. Like if there's ever a time for scouts, it's probably at that tournament. So um, I want to make sure that they feel good going into the tournament. So again, the sessions are not 12 hours on the ice. Oftentimes it's a lot. It will start with like heavy tracking, uh, positioning emphasis, and then straight into like more game-like situations where I want them to have to make reads. I want them to have to be able to process information. And it's, so I, I do think there's a lot of benefit in it, uh, in it as well. Um, it just, there's a lot of different nuances in there. And again, you know, if you're a parent and you're off work and your kid's off school and you want a couple hours, just send them to the rink, send them to the rink. We'll tire them out. We'll make sure they get better, have some fun. And, and I like it too, because, you know, for, you know, for me, I'm not in the clinic. I have some time. I get to like put a lot more focus and emphasis on what I'm doing, making sure that each goalie, you know, gets all the attention that they deserve. Now. On the flip side of this, there definitely is an upside to taking a little bit of time off. Um, if you have been run, run ragged all, you know, for the first part of the year, like it's a lot, it's a lot. Like Ben said, you know, if you have brothers and sisters and and they've been going to hockey and you're a parent and you've been running around driving everyone, you know, maybe you're just like, hey, like I want to decompress. And I think that's totally fine. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, what I wanted to and what I talked about with Ben is if you're taking time off, even if it's anywhere from you know five days to up to like two weeks what should you what should this kind of like the return to ice uh, protocol look like it's a little different for me than it would be in the off season because you know you're taking time off and then you're probably immediately jumping back into either a game or a practice at a game so when it comes to taking time off often the your tracking is usually the first thing that goes you know, you get into a rhythm, your brain kind of gets used to and adapts to the speed of the shots, different shots. When you, you go some time without that, it's very easy for you to kind of feel behind, feel slow when you get onto the ice. So when you return back, whether that's practice or honestly, I like dare I say it, I think you should probably step back, step on with a goalie coach before... I know, crazy. Uh, step on with a goalie session before you get into your main practice and then the game just so that you let them know that, hey, like I've taken some time off. Like I need to make sure that I'm feeling good. I'm feeling crisp. Um, so doing a lot of tracking, positioning, keeping it simple, making sure that you're not doing too much to could possibly injure yourself. 
because if you go from zero to 100, we know that's oftentimes you can, you know, the last thing you want to do is tweak your groin or hip. Um, but for me, it's get the eyes back into it. Make sure tracking is good. I'll often do a lot of work through screens and I'll often do a lot of work through flash screens to really challenge their eyes after like I use as a progression. So we start with nothing, uh, like no visual distractions, and then we build our way up. But I find that for me, I've had the best results getting goalies kind of dialed in, quote unquote, um, faster when I've done that kind of strategy. But Ben, I'm curious to know your thoughts. Well, I just get them back on the ice and I tell them where every shot's going to be for the full hour. <laughs> and boy, do they look good. Boy, they, 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 they got, they've got it after that. Holy but God. then they go to that first Marley's game. They play against uh, the old pesky no they're not saying captain the junior falcons anymore no, that's those are niagara north stars the niagara north stars and boy did they get worked uh do you think this is a side note every time someone brings up the marley's tournament do you think my 6.5 goals against average in the marley's tournament uh in 2009 2010 was my downfall do you think that's why my career never never took off probably why you didn't play in the o uh <laughs> i get i completely say that i remember there's one i remember like when I was in minor minor midget, the we were a good team. We were in the top five to ten in Ontario. You were a great team. We were a great team. And I remember we, we did play the Marlies. And actually Malcolm Subban was on the other team. And I remember that our parents couldn't watch the game because all the scouts were standing along the glass around the entire ring. They couldn't see they couldn't see. Like, so our parents couldn't really see. And I think like as a as like a 15 year old you kind of think and you're like you're like oh that's so cool like i'm such a beauty but then i look back and i'm like oh my god that's actually crazy yes yeah, that is crazy but like that's that's the way it was and yeah. um you know and then that's when hockey starts to turn into a little bit more of a business when yeah. people oh, are yeah. evaluating and stuff and you're talking yeah. to yeah. to scouts after and they call your house and they're grilling you with questions and stuff but it's a i do think it's a good experience because it teaches you how to kind of like play with pressure and like you have to learn how to like disassociate between all of the scouts watching and then the, what's going on on the ice and like can you still perform and like it does it does kind of weed out kids that either have developed those mental that mental ability to go through that stuff and those that need time to kind of work around it and develop it so yeah my my biggest take there is that like i think that side of the game and making judgments on 15 year olds is probably wrong. It's super accurate. We're all you never very good at predicting. I will. I've I've never heard of a fourteen-year-old who's committed to a university and not panned out. <laughs> never happened. Yeah, or actually gone to that university when they've committed at fourteen. I know. I played junior till they're twenty-one, and then somehow yeah. still end up getting deep. I know it's crazy. But anyways, uh, Ben, you're like hold on. There's, your there's an important caveat here. Uh, tell me how many people from your U16 team got drafted into the OHL? Was it twelve? It was a lot. Like, I think it was about half the team. Yeah, that's, yes, yeah. Uh, close friend of the program, Dougie Hamilton, once told me I didn't open the door fast enough for him, so. Uh, I had a lot of assists that year because him and Joey DeConcilius, who ended up playing at Brown, um, I would just leave the puck behind the net and both of them would pick it up, wheel around, go on 10, either pass and score or just score. And a lot of assists. Yeah. I mean, shout out, shout out Joey. He was like, I'm pretty sure he was basically committed to Brown in U16. More or less. He, I think he was. But he wasn't, but he, he still got drafted in like the fifth round of the OHL draft. But I remember yeah. he, I remember them getting drafted and I mean, obviously we played in the same organization. But everyone being like, oh, what a waste of a pick that was. 
yeah i do actually now that you say that i do remember that he was like quote unquote like going to brown the whole time like that was like and he did and he still ended up going to brown and he had a good college career and i think he played a little bit of pro he did after i don't remember where but yeah no i mean it was super funny to me because i remember i remember i played with his brother too yes um all the fun connections there but yeah let's actually get back to the holiday skate component shocking did we get derailed again who could have seen this coming no Uh, no i'm the same way like with it's i think i think from a personal perspective too um i know that when i was playing in canadian university uh i definitely skated over the holidays and i know when i flew back from ncaa i didn't really because i did you like the break was just shorter and i couldn't yeah. which is something that's okay like, i think it's important to remind goalies that you can like you said you can take a week off and you're not going to suddenly forget how to be a goaltender Right, you're not going to suddenly. If you had a great first half of your season and you have to take a week off for whatever reason, whether it's family, maybe your family goes away for the holidays and there's no access to ice, right? You're not going to. There's no need to panic. There's no need to really worry, Jamie. Like I, I agree with you entirely. Like if if you're really concerned, get a, a, a session with a goalie coach for like an hour before you get back in your team and stuff, and just have some really simple tracking stuff. Some really, sh- I really like short drills where they're like a, like a two movement sequence into a shot. Maybe it's like start at the top of your crease, ladder or at least to the side, butterfly back to the middle shot. Some form yeah. of active find. Like really, really short, simple drills that just allow you to have good vision, find your locations, hit your spots, and not overdo it. And just get lots of and higher quality, simple reps. I think that's a really nice way to ease your way back into it after some time off too. I agree. Um, yeah, like we, I used to play at the GLI tournament when I was in college, so... Um, you're often times where we'd have to be back in Detroit, um, day before Christmas or on Christmas day. So like I, and then depending on my exam schedule, if my last exam was on a Friday and I had to be back in Detroit on a, a Tuesday. So I would drive home 12 hours, see my parents for a little bit, skate with Bouge and then have to go right back to Detroit. So there was no time off. Like that wasn't even an option and we're playing in a, a really important tournament. So like. I needed to keep everything sharp there it wasn't even a question and also like i enjoyed getting back to on ice and and doing those skates and and seeing everybody so that that was a an upside for me but ben i think this is a good time to take a break you i know call it all right we'll see you in 12 seconds here one size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes nice dress uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss
Hey, Jamie, we're back. We're back. We said our we said our piece about holiday skates. We think they're good, but it's also okay if you don't. So speaking of skates, we had a question about skates. Good transition. Look at that. What's going on? He's back from being ill. He's I am a game. I have now that I have not spending all day on the couch coughing up a lung. Uh, I am back. But we had a question about skate sharpening, and this I will admit something that I this is not something that I put a lot of thought into because. How people are like, oh, what did you sharpen your skates at? So what I did was Dan Turkle, um, potential friend of the show, friend uh, <laughs> of the program. He when he was kind of like the guy at On Ice um, when they were younger, he played with the Atlanta Thrashers organization, a little bit with Atlanta Thrashers. And I remember one day I just walked in at On Ice. I was probably would have been about twelve, thirteen. Just asked what he got skate sharpened at. He said five eight, and that's what I got my skate sharpened at the rest of my life. And that was and that was history. That's science right there, baby. That is how you do it. That is called anecdotes. Um, so the question is skate sharpening, what do they mean? Do we have any preference? Um, so I did I had to do a little bit of research. So this will be my my best um my best explanation. So essentially the way it goes is the basically the the most dull that you're going to get is basically a one inch cut. So think about it in opposites. The larger the cut the less bite, the smaller the cut. So usually, I don't know if anyone goes anything smaller than a three-eighths, the more bite. And that's kind of how you distinguish it. Now there is, I guess, a scale in between. A five-eighths, which is what I got, was a little bit closer to the softer side. Uh, Half-inch tends to be kind of a standard for players. Some goalies will use half-inch, but I find it either hovers between five-eighths or like three-eighths i was a three-eighths person and i'll make my case for this later yeah and so a softer ice and a softer sorry a less bite in theory gives you uh like more of a glide because you're not getting your edges connecting uh like cutting into the ice versus a sharper cut will be like you don't get as much glide but you tech you you have more control in theory Things like shuffling might be a little bit more difficult, but things like T-pushing and power pushing are going to be way more crisp and require less effort. And I'm again I'm saying this in, in quotations, less effort than um, than something with a sort of a, a less bite. But that's hopefully that made some sense. That's kind of the scale and how it works. Um, do, for my personal opinion, do it, what do I think is best? Uh, I don't know. I'm going to be honest. I, it all really depends on the goalie. Sometimes there are kids, their skates are just way too dull. And way time, too dull. And then sometimes they are way too sharp. And I usually say, I, if that's the case, I just say, like, let's go one step down, try it, see how you feel. Uh, or one step up, try it, see how you feel, and going from there. But it's all personal preference. And then also a lot of it comes to what type of skate you're wearing. I remember when the, well, I guess now they're trues, but when VH first came out, they had like a tapered cowling. So the mm-hmm. cowling was a little close to the middle. And they said, like, on the instructions when you got it, if you typically got your skate sharpened at, say, like a half inch, go slightly more dull because they're angled in a way that you're going to get the equivalent edge with a more dull cut. Um, and so I think I did try that out. I think I ended up going like five eighths. I think actually I went five eighths when I was in Reebok my whole life. And then when I went to True and VH. I think I did end up going three quarters because that was the equivalent cut. 
So I went one, uh, one step down or dull. Um, and I think the best thing is to play around with it. That's my best advice is to play around and just bounce between three quarter, five eighths, three eighths and half inch, figure out what feels the best, give it a full skate. It's going to feel awkward each time. Wait for the off season, do this also. Uh, <laughs> and then, uh, just, just, I know what feels the best. Uh, and that's kind of, that's probably the best way to figure it out or do what I do and just ask a pro and just stick with it. Doesn't just matter what it feels. Don't think for yourself. Don't whatever your local pro wears. Yeah. I'm going to make a case for a few things. I think the number one most important thing for goalies when it comes to skate sharpening is to do it more often. Whatever, oh, yeah, that's a good point. Whatever your cut is, please get your skates sharpened more often. If you are, I'm going to make again, this is a blanket statement. This is not supported by data. This is entirely based on feel, experience, and what I see on a regular basis. When you get over 130 pounds, so I'm going to say this is again, let's say for, for most people like you, 14, you 15, you're probably looking at getting your skate sharpened once a week. Mm. And that, that is surprising to people. When you get into junior, you get into college, you might be getting your skate sharpened twice a week, every three skates, which is what I did when I was playing in, in college was it's it's every three skates uh because i needed it to be so uh, i people who know me and i think i even said this on the show i was a very very average skater for the levels that i played at so the only way that i was going to be somewhat competent was ensuring that i was always going and operating at 100 percent. and so that needed made me make sure my skates were sharp so i spent a lot i spent too much time uh, skating down skating on the ice I did not get to my feet enough it was a very bad thing that you know hand up self-awareness there you, you got to get up but because of that I needed to be able to cut at all times when I was down so I used to get my skate sharpened at three eighths twice a week when I was playing in college and that so I, I probably got my skate sharpened more in a month than most goalies will get in an entire season right and it, I'm not saying if you're you know you 14 you don't have to get your shades sharpened twice a week I think the most important thing that you do is is whether whether you again start with a a, a shallower cut. So again, the 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 cut the inches of the cut refers to the, the arcing depth of the cut in the blade, uh, for whatever that's worth. So a shallower cut, which is closer to one inch, again is just shallower. But the point being, like whatever that cut you get is, it just needs to be regular enough because you're comfort with your cut should be like how I feel the first and second skate after I get it sharpened. That's what the preference comes down to. It's not, oh, how my skates feel after three weeks after I got them sharpened. That doesn't matter. No. Right? Like if you feel, if you like your skates best two weeks after you get them sharpened, get a shallower cut and sharpen them more often. Yeah. I would always get my skates sharpened the practice before a game. And that's kind of, it's kind of how I would do it. It's Friday, you get them sharpened after Wednesday's practice. Yeah, again, Wednesday after Wednesday's practice, have a Thursday. When I started to have more pregame skates, I would get them sharpened before the pregame skate so I can get a feel for it. Um, and then I would typically just ride it through the weekend if I had just a Friday-Saturday game. Yeah. I would get them sharpened Wednesday and then go th- through there just because I wanted to get a feel. I wanted to just understand what my edge is because sometimes there's little changes and maybe it's a different equipment manager and, and tweaked it slightly. Um, and then also depending on where I played, uh, it did influence a little bit of it. So when I played down South and like Florida, 
in Oklahoma and the ice was really soft, I, I tend to require a just more like a like a like a deeper grind to be able to just go through the ice better versus when I played in Manitoba, which shout out to the it's now Bell MTS Center. Probably the best ice in the world, right? Oh my gosh, so good. So good. I don't know what they're doing there, but it's so good. Um I didn't have to be as particular just because that ice felt like ice is supposed to. And uh so I I could put I could tweak it that way. Um did you ever like profile your skates at all then? Before we get into profile, I just have one note. This is something that's gonna there's not a lot about goalie skate sharpening online. A lot of it refers to player stuff. Makes sense yeah. is when more players than there are goalies. So the one thing that a lot of information, even from like companies like Bauer, True, a lot of them will talk about information for skate sharpening from a player skate perspective. And one of those commentaries is like if you're playing on softer ice, you might want a shallower cut. For goalies, that's not necessarily true, right? Because on on softer ice, you need to still be able to dig into the ice to cut, right? So a shallower cut might not work the same way for a goalie skate, especially when you're down skating compared to a player skate. I just want to toss that out there. Again, it's, it's a lot of personal preference, and there's not a ton of information out there for goalies and goalie skates on that those type of things compared to player stuff. So just, just a caveat that, again, softer ice, players might go shallower, so they might go from half to five-eighths. That's not necessarily true for a goalie. You still might want to be able to dig really in, deep into the ice because you need to play around. Yeah, there's no there's no right or wrong to this. You just have to play around and find out what works yep. what works for you. Actually, before we talk about profiling, um, so you 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 know, if some of my parents listening, and you're like sharpen your skates three times a week. That's like that sounds expensive. Yeah. Um, yeah. So a lot, you know, when you get to a higher level, you have an equipment manager whose their job is to sharpen skates. So that is a, a massive privilege. Um, I know skate sharpening can range anywhere from $5 to up to $15 a time. Um, I know. Uh, have you ever used this, like one of those Sparks machines to show how your skates? Is Sparks going to sponsor us before I say my answer? Uh, I mean, I don't think anyone's sponsoring us, but <laughs> no, I know there are a lot of like my, like minor hockey teams will, will use them. And I've, I've heard, Spark. I've heard mixed, re- mixed reviews. I've heard, I've had my skate sharpened on a Sparks one time. And only one time, and I think that gives my answer there for how I felt. But I know people use them. I know some people are fine. The the big thing, and this is with all sports, but I think this is especially true in hockey and especially true in goaltending. People are particular about their equipment, right? Yeah. As goalies, I think we are definitely the most particular about our equipment of pretty much any sport. Uh, and so you can get your ski sharpened on that and be totally fine and and think it's great, or you can hate it. Right, the, I think the the biggest thing we keep saying is is that you have to play around with it yourself. So I've heard mixed reviews. I've heard people who are totally fine with it. Admittedly, the people who are totally fine with it are people who I would say are less particular about their stuff. That's right. uh, I've also in the past couple of months had my skate sharpened intentionally, like on a stone with a, like an actual a proper skate sharpening, and it's been terrible. You had awful, awful experiences. Depends who yeah. sharpens it. There's it, a lot. Yeah. So I I uh, there's a there's a guy in. Caledonia, Steve Bears, who used to um, sharpen out of the rink and then sharpen out of his home, had the machine, the full thing in his home. And I refused to get my, like well, the entire time that I lived at home and played minor hockey, I refused to get my skate sharpened by anyone but him. Yeah. Because he just maybe it was in my own head or whatever, but it felt the best. I think it just was the best. Uh, yeah, I've never used the Sparks. Um, I know some people that have. Um, I was just thinking if so, that's something that you say, you know someone who uses it, give it a try. Because if it goes well for you, um, 
I think maybe long-term that might not be a terrible investment if you're someone that wants to sharpen their skates quite a bit and you find that the grind works for you, just think convenience-wise. Um, I do actually, one actually the one thing I would recommend is if there's someone at your local rink or sports store that sharpens skates get them does, pass, yeah, and does like, a good job, like just be loyal to them. Be very them. loyal to yeah. them. And that way you just go to them consistently, ask for them because they'll continually do a good job. They'll make sure it's the same. It's like getting your haircut. Like you go to the the barber and you ask them like, hey, like, what do you want? I want the same as last time. I want the normal. And they consistently give you a great haircut. Um, and that's, that's the key. It's the same with skate sharpening. So more, more skate sharpenings is probably better than, than fewer. Uh, I know finance, like finances do play a role into it. Um, or, you know, learn to sharpen your own skates, which is a skill I wish that I learned and I never did. Well, here, here's the thing too. And again, like I said, I don't think you need to get your skate sharpened twice a week in minor hockey. Unless again, unless you really want to, but you, most places I know that are like actual hockey shops. I'm not talking about, um, you know, going to Canadian tire or whatever the 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 chain which is there's nothing wrong with that but well, like, yeah, canadian tire like a sponsor so thanks for that. Ah. i, I kind of emailed the canadian tire rep back and say i, I blew it blew the read <laughs> the ad read this week uh but again if you go to like your local your local sports store and like i said if you're loyal again they often have skate sharpening passes they often yeah. are you know what i mean you can you can get your skate sharpened for an entire season at your local local store for like 100 bucks which is less than it costs to buy the blades for your skates these days. Uh, Very true. <laughs> right? Sometimes you buy skates now that don't even come with blades. So what? That's the thing. That? No, I didn't. Oh, yeah. I haven't. The last oh, pair of skates man. that, well, I have a pair of like players. I only use player skates now. Yeah, but... which is a terrible look. Ugh. No, it's a yeah, way better look. No, no. Something, I, this is a hill I'll die on. No, this is a hill that I will die on. I think it looks way less professional using goalie skates to coach. I'm going to say, no, I disagree more. I, this is, this is why the few things that we disagree on. Uh, I think in terms of the ability to move around, shoot the puck, and then you can still use your edges and demonstrate the same on a player skate. I agree, Jamie, but every time I go boot in on a perfect RVH in my goalie skates... Gets the crowd going. So, are you are you one of those goalie coaches that also uses their pads when they coach? <laughs> I actually, this is this is. Hold on, no. Uh, <laughs> that is one of my things. That's a hill that I'll, I will die on. Where I, if I am the head coach, yeah, and shooting, don't do that. It's one thing if you have shooters and like you need to demonstrate specific things. But, oh, man, for me, that's a no-fly zone. And that's just a personal thing. So if you're yeah. a goalie coach listening, your goalie coach does it, it, does it really matter? No, it doesn't matter. For me, it's just a no-fly zone. Yeah, I mean, I, I threw the pads on actually a couple months ago to to run a skating station at one of our sessions. We had, like, a, a group session, and I was running a skating station. Yeah, but you're not shooting, though. Correct. I was not shooting. I was, that's that's the I was demonstrating thing. skate. Well, I got to, I think I texted you after this. I got, I, I got fed up. I got fed up one week. With uh, with maybe this relates to skate sharpening and profiling. Actually, I got really fed up with goalies who don't cut in their down skating with their leg at a high enough angle or with their ankle at a high enough angle. So they're transitioning from a, a like a they're sliding in a down skating, and let's say you're trying to cut to change. You slide to the top of your crease, you cut, you pivot back towards the other post. You know, mm -hmm. classic type of skating drill. But people who are keeping their leg really low and half the time they're slipping out 
on that cut because their attack angle on the ice on their blade is, is too low. So I just got fed up. I saw too much of it for one week. I said, hey, I'm going to throw my gear on first. I talked by talked to uh, the people I work with. I said, I'm going to throw my gear on because I want to just, I need to show this. Let me tell you, sometimes you got to do it, Jamie. Still got it. Um, uh, profiling. Profiling. Never done it. I think I have, but I don't remember anything about it. Essentially, like when you get it done, like if you have like a more center cut, it gives you like a flat profile. Uh, which in theory gives you more stability and more blade. You can get a dual radius. I think I maybe got a dual radius. I can't remember, but it's like two different hollows. So you get like a your inside edge is a little different than your outside edge. So I'm pretty sure someone told my dad to get that once and we did it. And I don't know if I noticed a difference or not. Um, there's like, you can get like a wedge. So it's like a raised heel, which these are more like for players than goalies. It's way more for players. And then you can get like an open heel. So like you're coming backwards which is the exact opposite of anything i'd ever want any of my goalies to have um and then you can get a custom profiling which goes way beyond my scope of knowledge in terms of like you'll have actual the same way like there'll be gate running experts that will look at the way you run and be like hey the shoe is the best for you um they there are people that do that for for skates and i I have no idea how to do it so and when it comes to profiling again it would have to be something that you would have to try experiment ask someone who's smarter than us and more and better like you know more expertise than us because i don't really know i'm pretty sure i got a dual radius once and i don't know if i've ever got it again and i actually think there's a possibility that i did my whole career and i just never knew it yeah i think one of the thing one of the few things i actually know about this is how you profile your skate if you then take your skates to someone who is not the most experienced sharpener then like you can also not complement the type of profiling that you have with the type of skate sharpening that you have and the quality of the sharpening you have. So I think the biggest recommendation that we have, I'll say we, but I think you do fall into it, is is be consistent with what you're doing, right? So if you're going to go do something that's like a very specific profile, uh, go again, like you say, speak to someone who's knowledgeable, someone who's been doing this for a long time, who has the equipment to do it properly, who understands it and isn't just like, you know, like reading the steps out of a binder as they do it in real time. And again, that leads into kind of having your equipment person or having your skate person or ha- or going to people you trust and, and are highly regarded. When I was, I'm sure you have the same thing. When I was in college at Ontario Tech, we had the person who did our skates was just like fantastic. Or, or the person who ran the pro shop in the in our arena uh, did our skates. And like, it was, um, it was fantastic. Like I never had an issue ever. Like I, it was the most consistent year of my life with how quality of stuff. And that's, I'm sure you've had situations where you've had your skate. Everyone's had a situation where they get their skates and they're like, oh, what, what is going on? What just happened? This does not feel, or like you, you, I remember there are times where you get your skate and like one is way sharper than the other. Yes. And then you're like, you go to the plastic, um, yeah. at the door <laughs> from you're trying to dull out your skate because you can't move. <laughs> There's nothing worse than like you get, you're on the ice. You get on the ice, you shuffle to your blocker side and you're like, perfect. You can shuffle to your glove side and you slide eight feet to the left. <laughs> and it's like, what just happened? Or you catch your edge and immediately roll. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's like you go to, all you hear is that like squeaking noise as the skate digs in, like the blade digs into the ice and you hear a literal squeaking as your skate can't move through the ice. That well, is, yeah. That, 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 is, that is good. But that, that actually like ties into a few things. And you were saying like, um, you know, you were talking about different like pet peeves and stuff. There is one that drives me crazy. And so this discussion around like laces and toe ties and bu- or laces and bungees. We, I know we've talked about it and like people 
some people will be like, this is hard and fast evidence that laces are better. And there's no such thing because there were, I can assure you that we would have found it by now. Also to run a study like that would be so difficult and almost impossible that it's just not worth it. So again, preference, but there, there's a small collection of goalies that come across that refuse to wear toe ties. Just in general? In general. And I think that might be my big, one of my biggest goalie pet peeves because their pads are just out of control. They can't do any sort of RVH locks that are any good. And I actually have one goalie who I'm thinking about who refuses to put them on. And I, every time, like, do you put toe ties on? No. All session, fixing his pads, fixing his pads. And I go, you don't have to do this if your pads are doing. He's like, well, my next pair of pads. I was like, do you want me to go? I have some skate laces in my bag. Let me just go get it all the time. Let me give them to you. Just put them on, please. Um, well, I know, like we we had talked briefly, and we you have a you have a hill you want to die on, which is the the bootstrap. Oh, okay, so yeah, this is well. First, I got a laces comment, laces bunchies comment. Whatever you wear, just wear it loose enough that your foot sits flat, please. Yeah, like I actually one of the first conversations I had with one of my goalies this year was he was in pro bungees or just sorry in stock bungees. And then I was like, you can, I was like, I would recommend switching to pro bungees. They have a little more give to them. You can wear them a little bit longer than stock bungees. Like stock bungees can be just really tight sometimes. Mm -hmm. Uh, so that was my first thing. So whether you're wearing bungees, whether you're wearing whatever type of toe tie, if you can't create a gap between the tip of your pad and your skate. So if your skate is being pulled into your boot in a butterfly because of your, whatever toe tie device you're using, fix it. Too tight. That's it's fixable. Please fix it. That's my number one recommendation. My number two recommendation is, and directly in line with this, if you are wearing a pad that has a heel strap, some do, right? Trues still use a heel strap. I think, I think most of them will come with them stock or like it'll Bauer will have the ones that you can slide out. That's yep. a good question. Let me search while you're Yeah, I know, I, know for, I, I know for a fact True has heel straps uh, as my example. Just if you're going to use them, again, make sure that they're not impacting the way that your foot is sitting in your butterfly. Right. So what I mean by that is if you wear your heel strap too tight, and this is really important for younger goalies. It's really important for younger goalies. You know what? It's important for everyone because for younger goalies, it, it teaches incorrect mechanics on a butterfly or more unnecessarily difficult mechanics on a butterfly. For older goalies, it really limits your post abilities. It really limits your ability to down skate. Right. Mm -hmm. I talked about how skate angles need to be ag aggressive when you're down skating. If you have a heel strap, to have you, if it's too tight, if you're wearing your heels up too tight, one, you won't get good seals into your post because it's going to be cranking your ankle. Second of all, it'll force your pad to lift off the ice and lose its seal when you're down skating and cutting. So if you have a, a you know, an appropriately loose toe strap and a heel strap, you can do a lot of really cool and really advanced down skating with essentially not really lifting your leg very much, right? So you're still maintaining most of a seal on the ice. If you have it too tight, your pads are going to be kind of all over the place as you downskate. Stuff's going to slide under you a lot more just because your pad is really stuck to your leg. You want a little bit of give in your pad, right? I think this is going to be, Jamie, really dating ourselves. But do you remember the Reebok P2 had that wide open leg channel and everyone freaked out? Everyone was like, what is going on? Loved it. Yeah, absolutely loved it. Yeah, well, exactly, right? Because that allowed for, not the first time, but one of the most commercialized times for your leg to truly sit flat to the ice, 
right? Yeah. And now pretty much every pad has that. Um, the the knee blocks are crazy these days with how much of an angle your knee's at, but uh, it's still good. Like it's still a good thing. But your your leg should sit relatively flush to the ice, and your mm. foot should be relatively flat. And so for those watching, right, like your your foot should be kind of almost perpendicular to the ice in a butterfly. So if you find that your toes being pulled up because of your toe laces or your heels being pulled up because of your bootstrap, you need to fix that. Agreed. It's not even like it's, I mean, it's not, I would say this is one of the few times where this is not a recommendation, but it's like, no, you, you need to do this. Like, this is going to change how you play. Yeah. For the better. For the better. I, yeah. I don't, I think like, like we talked about only a few brands still like have it built in. You don't need it. I don't remember, no. I guess like it's more of an older style where like back when goalies didn't always butterfly, um, it gave you quote unquote more control because it would keep your pad tighter to your foot. But now with the way the pads are structured and the way the game is played, you don't need it. And for the most, usually when you see it, goalies have it so loose that's actually not doing anything. So you yeah. just get rid of it. Um, some goalies will keep it for a style preference. Sure, whatever, as long as it's not hindering your play. But it it, it isn't, it doesn't have any positive benefits, only negative benefit, only negative, not benefit. It can't have negative. I, actually, only negative positive here with, with some pads and especially with wearing looser, like toe laces, the, the back heel strap. And I also wore it quote unquote Lundquist style. So I used to, I used to customize my skates. I used to like the Lundquist loop. Yeah, I used to, like, this would have been when we were, you know, 15 years ago, I used to, like, super glue a piece of fabric so I could run my... That is true. Yeah, I I have skates from when I was, like, an early teenager. I feel, I feel very avant-garde with that. Anyways, uh, but that can keep um, your your pad just a little bit, like, more structured forward-facing uh, if you wear it really loose otherwise. So, actually, yeah, I, right. I, I, do correct, I do correct myself. That would be the only benefit is if you don't wear toe ties, which is dumb. Or give your toe ties so, toe ties are so loose that your pad would flop around. This would reduce the amount of flopping around. But in terms of anything other benefits, yeah. yeah. Um, but then I even I even like go as far as to say as like, why are your toe ties that loose? Sick RVH integrations is the answer. RVH and it can't do anything else, but boy, can you hit that RVH? You want to know how to get an eight ninety three saber percentage in Canadian University, Jimmy? Let me show you. Yeah. Um, you know what's a funny thing is too is is um a lot of my goalies struggle. So we were doing just a simple, simple edge work drill where it was just like a butterfly recovery into your feet. And I asked them to butterfly, but it extend the leg. I wasn't asking yeah. them to a pure half split. No, that's like no, to extend half butterfly. Half butterfly, yeah. And took so long for a lot of the goalies to be able to comprehend one, what I meant. And then even when I demonstrated how to like extend into the save rather than drop and kick. And I don't know what, and so like I've started to actually like resort to some of my younger goalies where I actually am teaching a half split, which is a throwback style, just so that they under have the muscle pattern and understanding of they need to extend their legs sometimes, especially when mm -hmm. there's pucks outside their body. Yeah, what I'm getting is a lot of kids that will just reverse half split. So let's just say that the puck shot to your low glove. You would think like, okay, I'm going to kick out my my glove leg. Mm -hmm. What they were doing is they're actually kicking out their blocker leg and then and it's like on sliding and turning yeah. it, throwing yep. everything off. And so this is like just habits. So I've been trying to break these habits in, a, in many of the goalies that are coming 
uh, that I'm getting. I want to say that coming across my desk. It doesn't make any sense. The, the goalies that, are, that, are, that I'm getting. And so I'm really trying to focus on that. But I don't know kind of what, what happened in, in the game because like you look at like some of the top goalies, they have no problem. Like the Vasilevsky is like, I love using Shesterkin clips because he's unbelievable at using half splits. Um, I just don't know what happened in terms of um, development and why why this isn't, um, why this is hard and why the, the, the pure butterfly is the default versus just reacting with the feet. Because um, you can just, you should go down on almost all shots but you need to extend the foot in order mm-hmm. to cover the the, the post. Um, so that's been a really weird thing that I've been coming across a lot, and a lot, like a lot. So like in my skating patterns now, I've been forcing the kids, and some of them are not kids, some of them are teenagers, to have to either use a pure half split and knee up the ice or that half butterfly just so that they understand what that's supposed to feel like so that they're not handicapping themselves when they get onto the ice and pucks are shot outside their body and they can't make that save or covering the six hole, six or seven hole, depending on which way you look at it. Yeah. And so that's actually something that I've been thinking about a lot lately, only because it's something that I have been noticing about goalies who I think are better than other goalies. It's been like a delineating factor for me. Now that you say that, I, yes, you're right. I right. So I didn't put, I didn't put those two together. No, it's like one of the things where, so again, I've been talking to some, you know, scouts at different levels and coaches at different levels, university, you know, CHL about different goalies and things like that. And one of the things I'll say is that there are some goalies who are able to engage into saves. They actively are making saves and Mm -hmm. goalies who are just butterflying straight down every time are still making saves. That's not what we're saying here, but there's a difference between engaging into a save and sort of just going down into the safe. And I think most people would, would know that difference, mm-hmm. right? So that's one of the biggest things is, yeah, I think it is sometimes a little bit harder. And I find because of it, Jamie, I don't know if you've seen this too, is it feels like it's always one or the other. I feel like I have goalies who are going, like it's either they're going straight down or let's say on a lateral movement play, they're sliding laterally. They extend and kick and open up so much because there isn't that ability to like engage in a wider like extension leg. Yeah, it's like it's like keeping keeping some structure. It's it's either yeah, like you said, it's either going all out in splits every yeah. time, or use it extending with the wrong leg and then getting beat because they haven't learned or they haven't been they haven't, yeah they haven't learned because no one's taught them. Like you can still keep some components of structure, like keeping a quote unquote tight butterfly, but still extending that foot, keeping the knee flat, and getting a good seal, leaning over with the upper body. Mm-hmm. And, and making it safe and it's not a flexibility issue like if someone listening is like well maybe it's just when my hips are tight i do if i could to do that and my hips are the worst uh, of all time like I, I stretch more than any human being on the planet just to be average flexibility yeah. um so even it's a lot of even some of my most flexible goalies it's not it's not a flexibility thing it's a motor control coordination they just haven't been taught these patterns yet and and because I think a lot of times it's because at a young like young age, kids aren't shooting that hard. Right. So for the most part, like a, I think we talked about this briefly, like goalies when they're younger, in terms of the speed of the play, will, should be pretty like will be ahead of the puck most of the time because their eyes are still, you know, their eyes are still pretty good. Their reaction times there, their processing times there, and then usually when when guys and girls start to go through puberty, 
all of a sudden there's this huge gap in terms of speed because now guys and girls can start to rip the pucks mm-hmm. and the goalies are going to be caught behind. And that's where it becomes a big issue. And you see those goalies pulling away from shots. They're not working into it because all of a sudden they can't process and react in time and they never develop those patterns. And so the kids, like Bennett said, like it's a different, a differentiating factor between good goalies and not so great goalies is the ones that have learned those patterns and they're able to extend and work into saves have less issues when it comes to um, adapting and growing and developing to that newfound change of speed that happens when kids start to go through puberty and then start to strength train and have all these, these benefits and get stronger and quicker and, and the, the pace of the pl- um, play increases. So yeah, like it's now that you say that in terms of like a differentiating thing, you're, you're definitely right because the goalies that are typically more successful that I have, even at a younger age, don't struggle as much or at all with this versus the ones that, you know, require a lot more work. They're playing at a lower level. Um, yeah. They typically tend to have this issue, which again, like that's my responsibility as, an or, as a goalie coach is to to fix sure. this thing. And I'd actually, you know what, that gives me a good point. I actually might make that a, um, probably my Instagram post for maybe tomorrow or, or Tuesday or Wednesday, but I have a video of one of my goalies where I'm just standing there with my stick and I'm saying, you need to drop and kick my stick blade. Yeah, you dive into that safe. Drive into the safe. Do it again. Do it again. Play like 14, 15 times. So they finally did it right. Okay, let's do it again. And then we start to like hammer that home. So it's it's a, I think it's just like because modern goaltending, the half split doesn't fall under that umbrella because it's more of a vintage thing. But like it's it's also not at all. Yeah, and again, like I'd say that driving into that save, you still want to seal the ice with your pad. We're not asking you to kick it and leave your knee a foot off the ice, but engaging and driving into that pad, you'll see goalies who do it. And again, a really good example, we go to the well a lot in this. Shesterkin does it well. Saros does it really well. Yeah. Or he drives into those because he has to because he's not very big. So yeah, and like agent of saves. I have small goalies with short legs that aren't doing this. Well, Jamie, you sounds like you it's goalies, a goalie coach issue. It does sound like it's a goalie coach issue. And I'm just like, you of all goalie, like you need to, your legs aren't long. You are not long. Five foot one. <laughs> you need Jerry, to extend your legs. I'll say the last thing to kind of tie that in is I find it pretty comparable to goalies who have a much more natural time coming forward and smothering pucks with their hands. So I'd say that I find it a pretty direct parallel with goalies who are able to process and make that connection. Okay. My pad extends this way. My hand comes over. I don't get scored on anymore. Right. Especially in tight. Now, again, driving the saves is both relevant in tight, but very relevant from distance. It helps you be more consistent in controlling rebounds. If you're engaging and driving into distance shots with your pads, even if you don't get a stick on it, you're more likely to put that puck into a better spot because you're intentionally driving to it. This does not mean slide into your saves. Please don't slide into your saves. <laughs> Unless it's a backdoor one-timer and you have to slide, but don't slide into a direct shot safe, please. Uh, it'll make Jamie sad and especially sad. And the only other thing I can really say that's relevant to not making you or I sad is if you go and sign up for Jamie Phillips's Patreon, it is the best place that you can get goaltending information. There's a free component that I've never, ever checked out, but I blatantly advertise for, but there's also a paid component, which you should check out. Cause I know what Jamie posts on there and the content is excellent. So as always, please consider going to check out Jamie Phillips's Patreon. And while you're over there, go check out him on Instagram, on YouTube and all other social medias that he is posting. For people who are watching and listening, thank you so much for liking, subscribing, and sending this to a friend. 
This has been an ad read powered by coffee. Mike, I need a, I need a new coffee. I need to, I'm I'm definitely not caffeinated enough. But thanks for listening, everyone. Um, this hey, enjoy the holidays if you celebrate Christmas. Yeah, Merry Christmas. Well, enjoy it. that holiday the time this one drops. But um, yeah, enjoy whatever holidays. And if you don't celebrate any holidays around there, enjoy the week. Uh, hopefully, it's not super cold where you are because it's a cold day for us in Grand Rapids. Chilly, chilly. All right, Jamie. Until next time. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.